Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I know that was a little different, but today's episode is a little different because we are going to be talking about Toys R Us, the greatest toy store there was. Uh, The opening is a little different because I wanted to do something neat. I've got a couple of commercial spots I'm going to play for you guys throughout this episode. Uh, Myself, Belligerent Monkey, and our head of research, Ryan, are going to be talking about our own personal memories of Toys R Us. And uh, those are a couple of guys that I've shared the most Toys R Us experiences with and known the longest uh, over the decades that I've been going to Toys R Us, or, or that I had been going to Toys R Us, uh, we share some memories. We talk about the good and we talk about the bad, which is what they did wrong and why they're not around anymore, or at least not around anymore in America. Uh, apparently, in Canada, uh, they're still going on, but uh, for the most part, Toys R Us is officially now a thing of the past, which bums me out. Uh, when we went to Wilmington a couple weeks ago, I, I didn't bother going by the one up there because I've I've already got pictures of it. I, I didn't feel like it was worth going a little bit out of the way to get a picture of it now that it's closed. Like I, I could honestly, I could grab an old picture and be like, "Oh, sadness! It's closed now. Look at it," and nobody would know the difference. So I, I decided we'd spend our time doing other things. Uh, I. You know, I had a complicated relationship with Toys R Us. Obviously, it's as a toy collector, it is one of the the great landmarks of my life. And I realize that's probably inflating it a little more than a, a crass corporate retail chain deserves. Uh, but there's no way around the fact that it's not just a place where I bought toys. It's a place where I found fellowship. It's a place where I discovered uh, new things that I enjoyed. You know, back in the day, and we, we discussed this a little bit in the in the uh, main part of the episode, you went places and you found new toys. You didn't know they were coming out months ahead, and it was a different world. And uh, just the joy of getting together with buddies and driving around looking for toys w- was great. And uh, me and my family countless times every every uh, all the way back to my papa taking me toy hunting to toys r us when i was a child uh you know up till now with my own family uh mrs troublemaker and phantom jr uh, spending time in toys r us over the past years uh, a lot a lot's happened there a lot more than just buying toys and 
you know, there's never going to be anything like that again. The world is changing. The, the world is moving on, as a great man once wrote. And, uh, it, you know, we have to move along with it. We have to adjust. We have to adapt. And, and that's just how it is. Uh, so I played that commercial for you guys. Uh, that is from 1978, uh, very early on. In, in the uh, television commercial history of Toys R Us, I guess. And you can tell, as we move along, I will play more Toys R Us ads. But right now, I want to play something from one of our friends, uh, Rich, from the Nerdy Laser Podcast, which I was recently on, talking about Jurassic World and Jurassic World toys, no less. So look up Nerdy Laser, find that episode. Find all the episodes, but find that episode for me and Rich talking about Jurassic World. And uh, now, here's Rich with a Toys R Us memory. Hello, this is Richard Yule, and I'm the host of Nerdy Laser podcast, also a co-host on the Pro Wrestling Roundtable podcast. And Dave had sent out a thing on his Facebook page, the Needless Things Facebook page, that you should be a part of. Asking if we wanted to send in a, a memory or a story or anything about Toys R Us. So I thought I would record this because as a kid it was a very special thing to go to Toys R Us. It was an event. I mean, we didn't have one real close. And um, when I did get to go, it was just a, a, a big deal. And um, But for me as a kid, when I remember going, it wasn't so much the toys. It was the video games. I had one of my favorite systems was the Game Boy. And I loved the way Toys R Us did their video games. A lot of people didn't, but I just thought it, as a kid it created this man, this idea of like, wow, video games are really special. Um, if you don't remember, back in the day, uh, they had the not the actual video games in a case or anything. They just had an aisle, and they had um, plastic flaps that had the video games in there. And so, like the description and the front cover, and you had to flip it up to see the see the uh, what the game was about and the graphics on it. And there was a tag that had the price underneath it. And so it's sort of like a video game rental place, except you were buying this. So you took the tag and you went up front, or at least at my store, it was up front. And there was a guy that was inside this, like, glass-protected booth, like a toll booth kind of thing. And they would sit there, and you'd take the ticket, and then he'd go find the game, and then he'd come back and bring it. And it was just a a really big deal. I think that is the one thing that will always stick out to me for Toys R Us. Um like I said, the toys weren't the biggest part for me when I was a kid. I probably bought more toys from there as an adult than as a kid. But uh, the video games, that was something special. Uh, the way they displayed their games and game systems, it's unlike anything I have ever seen then or now. Um, and with all the digital revolution, we won't ever see anything like that again. So I just wanted to share that story. Maybe you guys remember it too. And it is very sad that Toys R Us will be no longer, and that that's it. And, um, you know, Jeffrey the Giraffe won't be in the minds of, of kids, 
And uh, it's just a really, uh, I mean, Toys R Us is just a, a, a legacy store. And, you know, whether it's digital or whether it's buying things online or, or what have you, whatever caused them to go under, you know, this is the future. And uh, I, I, I hate it, but I am a product of it at the same time. I live most of my life by the by the Internet now, so as most people do. So, Toys R Us, I'm sorry. I've gone to you many, many, many hundreds, thousands of times. And, uh, you know, I wish there was one closer to me. But as a, as a, even as an adult, there's not one that is right down the street from me. So, I don't get to go often these days. But whenever I do, it was a very special event. And I always liked going. So, that's it. I just wanted to give my... Uh, my little uh, story about it, and um, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got a million toys and Toys R Us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got the best for so much as you really flip your lid. From bike to train to video Thank you for that, Rich. I appreciate it. Uh, I think I think we all thought that we would be Toys R Us kids, regardless of the fact that we did grow up. Uh, and and you know, over the years, probably fifteen or twenty of them now, we saw the business go up and down. I think those of us who were maybe a little smarter to retail knew that the company made some bad calls. Uh, there are a lot of things they could have done differently. And, you know, to to look at it now, it's hindsight, but I think even at the time, you know, I remember having conversations with Jay and Ryan and uh, our pal Sean and, and other people about what the company carried, what the stores carried, uh, their distribution, their shipping, just all kinds of things that, uh, you know, I've never run a big, gigantic company like that. So what do I know? But at the same time, we we saw we saw the paint beginning to peel. We saw the cracks starting to appear, so to speak. So change was inevitable but i don't think any of us ever really believed it would be gone uh but now here we are Uh, in addition to the audio clips which i've got one more audio clip for you uh, before we get to the main part of the show uh i've got a couple of things that some friends sent in uh, when i requested toys r us memories uh first one i want to read to you is from our pal crispy toys r us was an important cornerstone of my youth Being born in 82, it was the place to go to get the best and current toys. Growing up, the closest Toys R Us was two towns over. My mother would load my brother and I up in the car and take us shopping once per year. We were told that we were helping out Santa for Christmas and would receive them as such every holiday. We were very young, so we had no clue. Still, it was this huge adventure and ordeal, so we always made the most out of it. My father, however, lived one town over, so he would take me a lot. Maybe it was his way of trying to be the better parent, I am not sure, but it definitely made him seem that way in little over six-year-old me's eyes. It was there where he bought me the video game of my favorite toys and cartoon ever, the NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. To this day, I still associate my love of TMNT with Toys R Us, and to this day, I still have yet to beat that damn game. Forever a Toys R Us kid, Crispy. 
Uh, man, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I very much associate Ninja Turtles with Toys R Us, and I love that NES game. And honestly, I don't think I ever beat it either. I played the heck out of it, though. Uh, you know, and it's funny because the second one came out, and it was based more on the arcade game, and people seemed to like that more. But I never did. I always liked the the sort of role playing action. I uh, know I say role playing, very very light role playing, but it just I loved the format, uh, utilizing the map, switching between the turtles. That original Ninja Turtles game, uh, I love it. And if and if somebody if somebody spiffed it up and re released it the way they did with Ducktales, I would get it in a second. Uh, thank you, Crispy. Uh, I I appreciate you sharing with us here. Uh, our next one is from our pal Wilson, who I I'll be honest, I did not expect touching toy memories from Wilson. Uh, the the famed grumble dick of the Needless Things podcast, but uh, we've got we've got a nice thought here. So uh, here you go. As probably was the case with the rest of my generation, toys were only something that happened at Christmas and birthdays. I never went to buy toys or shop for them as a younger child. The first time I can remember going to a Toys R Us was around 1985 or 1986, way after the video game crash. I was completely unaware that E.T. had destroyed the video game market. All I knew was that this new thing called Nintendo came out and my friends were getting it. I wanted one, but my parents said no. As a compromise, my father promised to spruce up my Atari 2600. So on summer afternoons before he went to work, we would drive about 30 minutes away to the nearest Toys R Us in Jonesboro, Georgia. He would allow me to buy new joysticks and games. All of them were marked down to next to nothing, so it wasn't like he was having to break the bank to try and keep my interest in my Atari. This happened semi-regularly that summer. It was all for nothing, though. He eventually gave in, and I got a Nintendo for Christmas a year or so later. Once I realized what exactly went on inside of this giant warehouse of toys, I started saving my allowance money to make visits more often for wrestler action figures, more video games, and eventually Star Wars figures when I got older and started collecting the re-released Power of the Force collection. Love, Wilson. Yeah, I'm, I'm right in line with that one too, man. Uh, I, I had to say, and I talk about this with Ryan and Jay, but I had to save my own money to buy my first Nintendo. Uh, and and uh, I remember the wrestler action figures very well uh, my parents were not fans of wrestling so i didn't have any of those till i was grown uh but of course the star wars re-release in 1995 toys R Us was a huge part of that i mean that's that's probably where i got all of those power of the force figures uh in 95 when they started coming out because uh the late 90s to the early 2000s were definitely a, a new heyday for toys R Us for me because that's when the toy collecting boom started so when I was a kid, Toys R Us was magical because that's where we just went to get toys. But then the late 90s to early 2000s were magical because everybody was buying toys and speculating. And, and I'll tell you, as frustrating as toy hunting could be then with all the competition and all the scalpers and everything else, uh, man, it was just exciting to go into a Toys R Us and see what the heck was new. You know, back then, uh, Toy Fair magazine came around and and was giving us heads up, but there was still the excitement of finding new stuff, seeing things that you might not know were coming out, or entire new toy lines that Toy Fair just for one reason or another didn't spotlight. Uh, so that was the those were exciting eras for Toys R Us. Uh, all right, before we get into the main part of the show, we have one more audio clip. This is from our pal Nathan from the 42 cast, uh, which I recorded something for recently, but I have no idea when it's coming out. So I, I guess keep your eyes open for that. 
And uh, now here is Nathan with his Toys R Us memory. When I think of Toys R Us, the first thing that pops into my mind is the jingle. The, I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid. You know, that jingle that they used to play in all the commercials. Because primarily, at least growing up, the way I knew about Toys R Us was from the commercials. Because we lived about an hour outside of Orlando... So it was a place that we didn't go very often, and that's where the nearest Toys R Us was. But um, as I got older, um, and as I had more things that I was interested in buying and getting, I was able to convince my parents more and more to take me there if we were going to Orlando anyway, or because I had gotten a bunch of good grades on my report cards consistently, or things like that. And the main reason that I ended up wanting to go for many years was that we didn't have a lot of selection for Nintendo games where I lived. You could go to Walmart and get some, but Walmart mostly carried the third-party stuff. They didn't carry any of the actual Nintendo titles. Or you could go to, uh, like there was a Sears and a strip mall, and they had some games. Uh, Costco had some games. But again, a lot of those were sort of like the third-party ones. And getting the actual, like, real Nintendo titles, like Legend of Zelda or Super Mario Bros. 2 and things like that, those were things that you had to go to Toys R Us to get. So, um, you know, and the thing that I think about with that is how they used to have the aisle with the video games And the games themselves wouldn't even be on the aisle. It would just be this big wall, basically, of these tickets next to a picture of the cover of the game because they knew that the games were small enough that they would be high shoplift items. So they did this ticket system where you would carry the ticket to the back and the guy at the back would hand you the game after you would... I think you had to purchase it first. But I just remember the big wall of so many games... Basically, every Nintendo game you'd ever heard of was on the wall. And, of course, they had some other video game systems, too, but at that point in time, nobody really cared about that. But, (laughs) and that's always my fond memory of Toys R Us, because I didn't get to go there often. And when I did go there, it was almost always to get a Nintendo game. But that was the thing, and it was just so impressive. It was such an awesome store, and... It's really saddened me what's happened to it in recent years, and of course, with it closing and everything. So, I just wanted to throw my thoughts out there, my reminiscence about the the huge video game wall. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. So, sorry to see you go, Jeffrey, but hopefully some other company will pick up the mantle of the greatest toy store. There's a new store in Moms and dads, are you looking for a bicycle, tricycle, football? Looking for a model kit, chess set, doll? Looking for game time, playtime, fun time? Well, stop your looking and start to shopping at the store that has them all. The world's biggest toy store is Toys R Us. The biggest selection, Toys R Us. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate it. And uh, now... We have some live audio clips recorded with the Needless Commentary team right here in the Phantom Zone. Uh, These were actually recorded before Toys R Us shut down entirely because I've been planning this episode for a while now. Uh, Because we've all seen the end coming, unfortunately. Uh, So here now are some of your favorites with their Toys R Us memories. And be sure and stick around after 
the main portion of the episode for a little bonus thought from our friend Arian. Uh, it's Ryan Cadaver from the Casket Creatures, and uh, yeah, I, Toys R Us was the place that I got all my toys when I was growing up. Like I remember when Episode One came out, and I was still like a little young buck, and I went and bought, or I got my grandmother to buy me every single toy that they had out at the time. And it was just like a magical place because you go to Walmart and they'd always have like seven or eight of the same figure and like one cool, unique figure. And, and uh, Toys R Us is always the place where you're like, I'm going to find whatever I want. Uh, that became less and less, you know, more of a thing. But, uh, you know, still I knew like if I couldn't get something on Amazon now in like current days, I could still go to Toys R Us and maybe have a chance of finding something out in the wild that I wouldn't be able to find normally. Uh, and it sucks that that's gone. Hey, it's Nicole. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Battle Cougar and uh, terrible Twitterer also at Battle, Battle Cougar, whatever my name is. Um, I grew up in an era, obviously, well before the internet, um, and there was no Walmart. Um, I mean, I think it existed, but there was no Walmart near where I grew up at, up north. So the only place to get cool stuff was at Toys R Us. So, um, and occasional KB toys. But Toys R Us was like the place that I went to for any of my toy needs in for my entire life until the internet happened. And still now when I can't find stuff, like you go to Toys R Us and get it. I just got like a really cool, like Jason figure and t-shirt at Toys R Us like two months ago. And now I'm very sad that I can't go browse Toys R Us because occasionally you find really cool random horror stuff there. Hey, it's Red Ranger. Don't talk over Sean. <laughs> I know it's just Sean, but yeah. come on. Sorry. I mean, I know about Toys R Us. That was put into my memory banks when I was made. <laughs> uh, hey, this is... Oh, God, this story's going to be relevant to that. Uh, this is Sean the Red Ranger. Uh, most of my time at Toys R Us actually was in college. Because when I went away to college, uh, I didn't adapt to it so well. So being able to go and fill my dorm room or apartment with toys kind of felt like a way to keep me connected to being a kid and a little bit of childhood innocence. Um, growing up up north, we had Children's Palace, and so that Toys R Us took a backseat to the old Children's Palace before that went out of business. Um, I was bummed back when KB went out of business, and I'm bummed now that uh, that Toys R Us couldn't manage to keep their uh, keep themselves open and running. It's, it is fun. Uh, Monica, Monica, and I still will occasionally go wander the Toys R Us aisles just to see what we can find, just to be in that giant toy store environment, and it uh, it's sad to see it going away. Um, I will say I don't go there as often as I used to, which is probably part of the reason why it's going away. Um, not specifically because of me, but um, yeah, this is uh, these are the times we live in, so I guess I'll just keep buying stuff online. It's your fucking fault, Sean. It, it is your fucking all fault. Of this. fault. <clears throat> Thanks, Sean. They had you the corporate. The us. They had the you. corporate meeting. And they were like, if Sean Reed... We need a number Excuse of... me, if Sean R. Reed... <laughs> R is for red. We need a... We num- we Sean Reed. Need- <laughs> we need a certain number of Sean units to keep the stores open. Oh, and by the way, I am fully in support of you co-opting Adam Cole's baby. Because you're much cooler than Adam Cole is. <laughs> That's how much I don't like Adam Cole. Rad Ranger baby! That's... It's done. It's done. <laughs>
talk about Toys R Us, and it's going to be very sad. And I, I already know it's going to be sad because last night I was at work looking at uh, pictures because I was trying to find information about the grand opening I went to years ago, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm just looking through Toys R Us pictures online, and it was just bumming me out just seeing like some of the old ads and ads for grand openings and stuff uh, because what I was looking for the North Lake Festival store in Tucker that's the first Toys R Us I ever walked into uh it had its grand opening oh was it really yeah were you you weren't there for the grand opening were you I remember being there early because it was only like half a mile from my grandparents' house. So when we went to my grandparents' house, that's just something we did. I, I don't remember. It, well, here's here's what it was. Is I, it was 1984, um, so I would have been I would have been eight, and they kept have, they had commercials for the grand opening on TV. They had you know ads in the paper, the whole deal, and my mom was kind of keeping track of it and she took me down there and for the listeners who may not know this it used to be a huge deal when a toys r us would open uh they they would have a parade of like people in costume it was like a miniature dragon con parade basically uh and this one they had darth vader a bunch of stormtroopers uh i think some popples and maybe some smurfs but the big crazy thing was Mr. T was there. Like, the actual Mr. T. I absolutely went to that. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I knew at some point in my childhood I have a picture of me with Mr. T. Oh, like, man, see, I have, I have no nice. pictures. I have no pictures from it. Do you have that photo somewhere? I, my parents had it somewhere. I remember it. Like, I remember seeing it. That was also the year I was Mr. T for uh, Halloween. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yes, absolutely I did that. I didn't remember it being the grand opening, but yeah. I remember Mr. T at Toys R Us. Yeah, That's- they had um, – they, they opened up. It was their, their first official day of business. Uh, everybody went in, and I don't remember there being a lot of people there, but you know, maybe I was just paying more attention to the toys and everything. But yeah, they they walked everybody through the aisles, and uh, they they shook you know they shook your hand as they walked by. They waved and everything, and they're just walking. I mean, they're just walking through Toys R Us. But yeah, Darth Vader and Mister T were there, and a bunch of other. I wish I could remember all the other like toy mascots. They probably had a guy dressed up like a GI Joe. I'm sure. Uh, but I mean, in 1984, even Darth Vader wasn't as big as Mister T. Yeah, Mister. That was he was at peak popularity, and I remember going. It was a Saturday morning. We went to that. We came back home, and I watched Mister T and the T Force. If you remember that oh, cartoon, yeah. did you eat some Mister T cereal? No, my mom wouldn't buy it for me. It was not. It was not a healthy uh, breakfast option in our With household. Country- crunchy little t's and a's i mean that's what they said on the commercial like come on did nobody like stop that anyway that's a sidebar um but we got back home and i watched mr t and the t-force and at the end of every episode there would be a live like a live action clip from mr t because every cartoon of the day had the moral at the end of the story or whatever 
And Mr. T comes on, and I ask, I remember asking my mom, like, wait a minute, we just saw him at Toys R Us. How is he already on TV doing this thing? And that was, I guess, my first awareness of, like, how TV works. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was that was uh the the 1984 that's what i was trying to find last night were pictures from that and uh it was it was just it was a bummer because it's gone now and and that's sad but well before we get any further so ryan that was was that that was your first toys r us you set foot in oh yeah and and, i mean i don't i like i i was only four years old when it opened so like i don't remember it but i've seen pictures of like me with mr t and like something else for that day so yeah i was there that was my only toys r us for a long time well it was really? all of, i mean it was yeah. all of ours only one for a long time because the one out by gwinnett mall didn't open for a few years after that uh and really the for i mean those were the only two for the the primary decades of my toy buying i guess yeah, because the Mall of Georgia one came much, much later. Mm-hmm. Jay, what about you? Do you remember your your first Toys R Us experience? I don't remember my first, but um, uh, I, I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, and there was just the one Toys R Us, and you know, I certainly remember going to it a bunch, and that being it. Um, and even getting older, uh, being in Auburn, uh, you know, when I really started collecting toys and, and still running back to different Walmarts or whatever, but and still running back to Montgomery whenever I was in town or even making the trip to, to Montgomery to check Toys R Us when there were certain toys I was looking for um, because it was it was the only one anywhere close. What's crazy about that Montgomery store, too, I went there, I guess, about a month and a half ago or so, right before when they were closing, they never updated that store. Nope, still the old style. Yeah. Um, where you had a long hallway to walk in yeah. from the outside, then you had to do the kind of U-turn uh, in through the doors, and then the, again another kind of turn around. So I've got vivid memories of that, and it, like you said, it never changed. I mean, they updated a little bit, but the same floor plan was pretty much uh, the same. That's yeah, how the one. Uh, that's how the one up in Wilmington, uh, where my grandparents lived, like that's how it it was until the day it closed. It had the big, the big brown roof, yeah. uh, like the the brown decor, I guess, that sort of dominated. And then you you went in, you went over to the side, and then you went to the doors, and then you had to go around the front display. Say, yeah, to loop around to get back through. Yeah, and I love that. I love that man. I forgot how confusing those old layouts were, too. Like, when I went in that one in Montgomery a couple of months ago, it's hard to find anything. Like, the new ones at least were laid out kind of by category. Those old ones, it'd be like half an aisle of something here, and then you kind of wander around and find something else. So the one in Montgomery, was it still... Because, you know, they, they changed the layout 10 or 15 years ago. To the to what we're probably mostly familiar with, where all the action figures are to the left, all of the oh, yeah, this was different. This was back yeah, right, the old school one where it was back right that like, and it was like not full aisles. It's those weird half aisles that go from the front of the store to the back. That's yeah, that's what Wilmington was up until yeah. the end. Was just long aisles that ran like the whole length of the store, yep. with like a middle aisle cutting across them, and and they'd be. Oh, and all the video game stuff was still in glass cabinets, like, just on some aisle. There wasn't a video yep. game section. It was just there. It's still, yeah, it was the aisle, like, two two aisles down from the bikes. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, oh, I remember, 
going to that one because that that was that's what bummed me out is I never really got a, a last visit to the one in Wilmington because it, we went up there last week, but it, I mean it's closed, so I never got one more time. But my one of the highlights of our trips up there was my grandfather would would always take me all over town doing toy runs, like you know when when the three of us were younger, like in our twenties or whatever toy runs were a thing where we'd go and hit target toys r us drive all over town looking for the new spawn figures or star wars or whatever Mm -hmm. it was right well my grandfather would take me on those runs when i was a kid we'd just drive all over wilmington and go to to best to lionel player world to service merchandise to toys r us everywhere and like that was i remember walking past the the glass cabinet video games and then all the remote control stuff that they had in glass cabinets, like the boats and the cars and everything. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, all the RC stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. it was the exact same glass cabinets, but it just had <laughs> that stuff in it instead. Uh, toy runs were used to be such a fun thing too. Yeah, I yeah. Dave, were you with me and Pete on that one where we went? to like we did our normal one and then we went up to the what was it billy's that was there for a while yeah billy's toys Um, and so then billy told us about yeah there's this super great flea market in south carolina that's got all this great stuff and we were just like yeah all right so then we drove to south carolina no i wasn't (laughs) with you for that i can't remember who was with us but it ended up in like a toy run across state lines that's awesome and see that's that's what would happen is like sometimes because Back then, not only did we have the retailers, but we also had the little independent toy stores, like the uh, in the Dirt Mall. There were like oh, yeah. three different toy stores in there at one point. I hated that one guy that ran one of them too. Yeah, I there was know. one. It was the shop had some kind of outer space name. Yeah, and uh, the guy, I my specific memory there, and we're getting off track from Toys R Us, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone will forgive us. Uh, there was a 12-inch electronic Darth Vader that Hasbro put out, like, early on after they relaunched Star Wars. And it was, like, a big deal. Like, at the time, at the time on, like, excitement and toy niceness level, it was like a sideshow figure. Like, it was, it, to to us, it was that quality, you know what I mean? Like... It was like, ooh, man, look at that. He talks, and like <laughs> the helmet comes off and everything. And I went in there, and he had it for like 35 bucks, which back then was a shit ton of money. Uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is sitting here. It was, it was hard to find for some reason. And I didn't have cash on me. And at the time, I, I just didn't use credit cards at all. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, can you hang on to this? Uh, I gotta run to an ATM or whatever. For whatever reason, I had to come back later to get it. And when I came back, he jacked the price up to like fifty or sixty bucks or something. Uh, what a dick! <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess just, the, he knew you were coming back for right. it. So you must have really wanted it. And, right. He and <laughs> when I asked him about it, he was like, "Oh yeah, when you brought it up here, I noticed the price on it was wrong, and I didn't buy it." <laughs> I was like, I'm not, uh, but that's, that's, I think that's the most outright piece of shittery I've ever experienced in like toy buying. Uh, but yeah. to get back, to get back to Toys R Us, what was Jay, what was your main Toys R Us? 
Uh, for the longest time, it was the one in Montgomery. You know, that's the one uh, growing up my entire life, uh, plus, and then into college. You know, it wasn't until we moved to Atlanta that, you know, we started, uh, or I started going to a lot more and seeing a lot more different ones all over the place. And then it kind of migrated to the one over by my office in Marietta off of uh, Barrett Parkway. Now, but where, for the longest time, it was Montgomery. What was your reaction initially? Because when Toys R Us first showed up here, I had already been going to Lionel Playworld. Like, that was my spot, Lionel Playworld. And when Toys R Us first showed up, I was kind of resistant to it. Did you have somewhere prior to Toys R Us, or was that kind of your first big toy store? Uh, not that I can remember. That I think that was the first big toy store. And, I, you know, I do just remember the sense of awe like how big it seemed growing up that it was such a big place with so many so many toys and um there really wasn't much else i mean i guess you know maybe the kb toys at the mall or something but uh nothing you know even close to the size uh, or scale that it was i remember initially the big difference between lionel and toys r us was lionel Playworld had a massive like 16 foot by 8 foot section of Migos that was uh-huh. like it was like a hundred figures of the thing and then like maybe one or two others and they were marked down to like 62 cents and that was there forever <laughs> what uh Ryan what was your uh, You've you've been around a lot too. Like, is there one Toys R Us that you kind of feel like you stuck to more than others, or is it just a bunch? You know, I probably stuck to that Tucker store more longer than anywhere. Even when I was living closer to Pleasant Hill, and we would go to that one, I probably still ended up at that Tucker store more for some reason. Um, and then when I moved down here, I'd go to the Columbus store, which wasn't a bad store. They had, you know. I could, you'd kind of hit the jackpot with certain workers, and there was one lady who knew what I was there for, and so sometimes I wouldn't even have to walk all the way into the store. She would just tell me what was down there because she knew what I was there for, and I'd say, okay, and then I'd walk out. And then nice. they had one like good manager who would come over if he saw me, like, hey, what are you looking for? And I'd tell him, he'd say, all right, hold on. And he'd go in the back and kind of see what they had, which that was really nice for a little while when I'd catch him there. Yeah, I had that at the uh, Pleasant Hill store for a while let's talk about the employees a little bit because we'll we'll talk about the store itself plenty but you know over the years it's it to me it was always at least a little step above other retail because in general you could find somebody who knew what was in the store who knew where things were like it was never you know when you go into walmart nobody knows where anything is they don't want to help you they don't care uh, but Toys R Us, to me, that you could always find someone to help you out or look for the thing or that knew something. Yeah. Yeah, and there always be that one or two employees that were also collectors, which on the one hand, you'd be like happy to talk to them because they would talk to you about everything. And on the other hand, you would curse them under your breath because you knew they were getting the good shit. Yeah, like, yeah. No, they yes. were getting bits of everything. <laughs> you knew boxes were going out of the back for them and their friends because they knew what to get. Well, and that's that's what's funny is like when at one point I went to the Pleasant Hill store, uh, which by the way we also have to mention the the trend, which is probably part of what killed Toys R Us, of they would have a store, and rather than remodeling that store, they would just abandon it and move like a mile down the road. 
<laughs> which is what if, if that i mean there, there's one near my office um i guess a little further south where they are in the same parking lot they oh my went gosh from one, like one side of the parking lot to the other well that's and, the the one by gwinnett mall did that because they were in the old school brown roof building and then they moved like not yeah it's not even a mile up the road it's it's, no. it's maybe a quarter mile up the road uh into one of the new silver and blue style buildings or whatever and then even the one out at mall of georgia which even when it closed wasn't that old did the same thing and it was a new like i don't even know why they moved but uh yeah they they would move just like a mile away be like here's our new store that we just spent a bunch of money on that we should probably save in case times get tough in the future (laughs) but uh Uh. yeah that, that pleasant hill store um it it was that's the one that i think i frequented the most because it's it's kind of always been central to wherever i've been yeah and uh they've for the most part they've had really good people there like there's i would say over the past 15 years there has always been someone that was like you were saying ryan i i would walk in and they'd be like hey what's up uh here's what came in or what 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 is coming out that we don't know about yet or you know whatever uh, but uh, one of my last visits there, there was a whole pile of like recent Marvel Legends and uh, I'm trying to, some NACA stuff just sitting all in the same spot. And I was like, looks like they cleared out the employee holds because <laughs> it was all shit that I had uh, not seen in the store. But it was all yeah, just they in a found pile. it stashed away in a cranny or nook somewhere. Right. right Do you remember exactly. when they used to put the overstock above the aisle and you could like. If you're looking for something, a lot of people wouldn't think to look up there, but you could fl- uh, lift the flap up yes, and uh, yes. grab stuff. I, I can't I mean, count how many times I've been yelled at for opening that top thing and pulling <laughs> stuff out. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times I've found something good up there because it looked like it was sold out or missing and yep. just hidden up there. Yeah, I've found stuff up there, and I've also – it hasn't happened as frequently, but every once in a while I'd find something like – hidden behind other stuff in a different section um one of the gi joe uh the multi-packs that they were doing like the ones where you had to build the weather dominator or the mass device the the three packs uh i think they yeah they were the ones that came with the dvd too but anyway they were the box sets and some of them were hard to find some of them ended up at ross for three dollars uh but one of the hard to find ones I found in like the baby doll section, uh, <laughs> behind some very carefully placed. I don't remember what they were, and I don't remember what made me go look over there. But uh, I was like, "Holy shit! It's the last piece of the mass device. Great, I'm done." <laughs> uh, they uh, and you know we were talking about you know getting recognized. I always had that feeling too. Like, yeah, it was great to be recognized and all that, but I always had that like back of my head that was like great you're the like 30 year old that is known to all the toys yeah (laughs) the toy employees yeah but you're not the only one i mean there were there were tons of us going in there like yeah and at least uh, you weren't the hot wheels guy oh gosh those hot wheels people are serious oh they're maniacs because when i worked at kb and actually I'll, i'll i very briefly worked at toys r us it was just for one christmas it was the one by north point mall uh, and, and it was great. It was a great job. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't stick around because something better came along, 
but I worked in the stock room and it was it was a good company to work for for the time that I worked there so I'll I'll just say that and then as far as the Hot Wheels guys I also worked at KB Toys because I've worked it everywhere and they would call us like we would get there I think two hours before the store would open and they would start calling because they knew when our trucks came in they knew what time the employee they're like stalkers it's insane uh, and they they were very uh what's the word i'm looking for uh they felt like they just deserved to have stuff held for them and like that we should just open cartons for them and do whatever they they were very entitled <laughs> it was in, they, those guys are the worst i'm glad you brought that up how do they display those do they just like put them on the wall on the or do they have pegs in oh, their house ca- like- no they're cases there are wall cases for hot wheels Huh. Um, they're, they keep they're them like, in the package, or do they open them? Uh, I, that I'm I not sure of. The cases I'm talking about are made to display them open, but I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure some of them keep them on the card too. I man, I, yeah, those guys are nuts. I say in my room full of little plastic. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. Like, but those guys are the real nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What what are some specific? I'm sure you guys have like specific memories of of going to Toys R Us because I mean we went there for years. We were there for events. We were there for midnight sales. We were there for uh, all you know all kinds of different stuff. Do you guys have any specific memories of of like a Toys R Us visit or a thing you were looking for? I think probably the biggest one. Or the one that stands out the most was the Phantom Menace yes. release night. Oh, that, dude, that was magic. That night was so crazy. Like, I remember, well, of course, we had been drinking beforehand, because why wouldn't you? Sure. And then for a trip to I, Toys R Us? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely vomited in the trash can in front of the Toys R Us, so they're like families there. Oh, my gosh, and then, you did, did. Now, wait. Okay, I, I know... You, you I met knew us up you. There. Yeah, I yeah. knew you, but I don't think we actually showed up together. No, but it was I think you. When me, we showed Pete. up, you were already there, like in your car in the parking lot, waiting. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Ran up to the door, and then you you came out and waited with us. Yeah, but, I wasn't going to go stand out there by myself with a bunch of fucking Star Wars nerds. <laughs> and I, I remember the news talking to me. And the cameraman, like, kind of talking to me for a minute, I was like, hey, man, I'm just telling you, if you get in my way, I'm going to push you down. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, what? I was like, I'm serious, man. He was like, all right. And I'm, then... Who else Who else was there, though? I know Pete was there. Was Noel there? I think Noel was, too. I'm That's, pretty sure yeah. Noel was there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll ha- and uh, maybe Egg? Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think he was there too. And I and think I that was got, um almost got in a fight in one of the aisles cuz I was like standing there and I watched this guy like go over to a kid and take Darth Maul out of this kid's hand. What? And I was like, "Uh-uh." <laughs> like walked over and I was like, "You need to give that back right now." And he was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, you need to do it right now. And like Pete came up behind me, and then the guy was like, "All right." And then gave it to the kid and walked off. <laughs> wow, that's, but that's amazing. Ooh, Darth Maul started, <laughs> and we still do that. Whenever Darth Maul shows up, we go, "Ooh, Darth Maul," because <laughs> 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 he's on everything. 
<laughs> Which I made mean, Solo even better. <laughs> at the end, I almost yelled, ooh, Darth, ooh, Darth Maul. Maul. <laughs> That's, uh, that, man, that was so much fun, though. E- even though we didn't really know what anything was, like, it was just seeing those new toys that we really didn't know. <laughs> like, it's ex- it's exciting. You know, nowadays, we know everything that's coming out. We know what it's going to look like. We know when it's going to hit. We know, like, there's no more hunt. There's no more excitement to it. Like, yeah. how often do well, you Well, there's go... excitement to see it, finally see it. But, yeah, you know what you're looking for months in advance because at that point, by the time you see them in the store, you've seen photos and you've been keeping an eye out for them for a while. Mm-hmm. And And you, like, there's no more showing up at a store and being like, whoa, it's a new thing I didn't even know about. Like, that's gone. Yeah. Which I guess we could just uh, stop looking at the internet, but that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> no. And it helps plan, but yeah, that night was so much fun, and I spent so much money. Oh, we all spent a shit ton. Well, Noel probably didn't, but I, I know I spent a shit ton, because we, I think you and I both had full carts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I bought, I think there was only one of the figures I couldn't find, and I want to say I bought the pod... I don't remember what else I bought, but I bought a lot of stuff. I even bought one of those stupid comlink things because I was like, remember they came with the com <laughs> yeah, chips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, in my, my head, I was like, man, I'm going to get to hear lines from the movie before that damn movie comes out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, I, I'm trying to think what all, like what there was vehicle-wise. I remember it was a shit ton of figures. I, guess I think it, it was Anakin, the pod racer. Yeah, Anakin's pod racer, Sebulba's pod racer, um, and then the Starfighter. I don't know if the Naboo Starfighter was part of the launch or not. I guess it probably was. The Vulture droids, maybe. Um, no, those didn't come out till later. Uh, no, the Speeder, the Naboo Speeder. Oh yeah, the blue it came one. With pancakes. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. I didn't get that. <laughs> or... I don't think I got that. Or the Naboo fighter, because I thought the fighter looked stupid, and I thought the speeder looked boring. I definitely got the Naboo fighter. I got the, uh, I think I got Anakin's, uh, or no, no, I got Sebulba's pod racer. Uh, I because a- I really liked Sebulba's character design, and I thought his pod racer looked cool. Yeah. Little did you know, it was Poodoo. Yeah, oh <laughs> I still, I mean, I still love the pod racing stuff. Well, no, I say still, I love the pod racing stuff. I did not like it back then. Uh, but now I do. Well, anyway. Uh, but just overall, that night was so much fun, and it was so exciting. Yeah, yeah it really we was. We had a follow-up when the, I know I took off for Attack of the Clones, but Revenge of the Sith, we did the same thing. Yep. Find you were there where we had gone, same thing, went to the midnight thing, uh, I opening. If, I don't know if they did one for Attack of the Clones. Because remember that toy, because the Phantom Menace, the toy, toy line. So long. Yeah, the toy line kind of bombed actually and the attack of the clones launch was pretty low key yep so i i i'm not sure if they did one for that or not but yeah revenge of the sith was huge because we were like all right let's hope they get it it right (laughs) yeah (laughs) we all know we're gonna get we all know anakin's gonna get thrown into a volcano (laughs) like so this is this is their opportunity to give us that beautiful moment of this whiny person 
getting thrown into a volcano by Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and, and they had a lot of Vader stuff, too, so that, that yeah, was the other yeah. thing. It's like, like worst-case scenario, I just have a new Vader. I, I remember buying so much stuff that night, and then the next morning regretting it and taking half of it back. <laughs> <laughs> they had that one of the coolest items from that one was the 12-inch, it was Anakin turned into Vader. Yeah. Yeah, that I was have, a toy. Yeah, that was a good toy. And they they did uh I guess it was for Attack of the Clones. They did the same thing with a Django Fett. They had a 12-inch Django Fett that you like put all the armor and stuff on mm-hmm. him. That was a good one too. Uh so Toys R Us wise, what what else? I mean, they did a lot of cool stuff that I didn't necessarily participate in because they would have uh they would have like the Lego days on Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, I remember being in the birthday club, so you would go up there on your birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they would say your name over the loudspeaker. Yeah, yeah. And then they would, I can't remember, I know they would give you a balloon. It seems like something else, like a certificate maybe, and you got money off, or you got something else. Yeah. I remember that get, was something we did on my birthday every year. You'd get like a $5 gift certificate and like a little gift bag that had like crayons and a and a and a piece of paper with Jeffrey on it for you to color like something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, there were Jeffrey bucks. Isn't that what they call Oh them? my gosh, that's right. I forgot all about Jeffrey bucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That was a thing. And then they are they switched to the gift cards later. Uh-huh. They didn't even have uh gift cards until well, shit, it's probably 20 years ago at this point, but yeah, it used to be Jeffrey Box, and you would get them. I guess it was the same as the reward program, but I remember it working a little different somehow. Yeah. Or you just bought. Well, I guess you just bought Jeffrey Box, and it would be like in a booklet or something. I, I don't know. That's uh, that's right. I remember getting those for my birthday. People would yeah. buy them for you. Yeah, and you, yeah. Yeah, you get a little booklet of Jeffrey Box. Which is so much cooler than a gift card. Yeah, now that you're saying that, I think I remember getting that, too. It was like the turtle. Remember, turtles had the stamps and the coins and everything? Oh, yeah, the coins were awesome. Before these bullshit-ass gift cards that we have now, every retailer had their own, like, cool gift certificate-type thing. And, yeah, Jeffrey Bucks were the Toys R Us one. That's awesome. I totally forgot about that. I just remember the video games and having to get the little piece of paper and then taking the piece of paper you know, yes. up to the counter yes. and then going, taking that, then behind the little glass, a little cubby hole in the front of the store where they had to go find the video game for you. Okay, now how did you guys find out that you can't return video games? Because here's here's how I found out. I had a birthday one year, and I got, I guess, Jeffrey Bucks... We went to Toys R Us, and I looked at the Nintendo games used to be in the glass case. Mm. And like you said, you'd have to get the, the piece of paper, take it up front, and tell them what you want. And I was looking at the games, and when I was a kid, I was way into Greek mythology. Like, big time. And there was this game called Legendary Wings... And the cover was awesome. It was these two dudes with, like, machine guns and angel wings. It looked awesome. So I get this game. I take it home, and it sucks. It's terrible. Uh, and it's Well, it's not that it's terrible. It's not my kind of thing. It's a shooter. It's a, like, top view. The, the angel guys are basically, like, 
spaceships in any other shooter kind of game and you just move them around to get power-ups and shit, which I don't like that kind of game. Uh, so I, I got it home and I was like, this game is terrible. I just wasted my $50, which I think it's worth pointing out that video game prices have barely increased in the last 40 years. Have you guys ever considered that? Yeah, it's crazy. Games were like 50 bucks when we were kids and they're, st- I mean, they're 60 now. The $10 <laughs> increase, that's it. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. I've never really thought about it. it the yeah. Nintendo is one was what one fifty when it came out. The Nintendo was three hundred when it came out. The was original, it that, my parents the original, paid that much? The original NES was three hundred dollars when it came out. Yep. Um, and I, I know this because I had to. My parents were not going to buy me a video game system. I had to save up my own money to get the first NES. Uh yeah, three hundred dollars in games were fifty bucks a piece. So I I got this legendary wings and it sucked. And I we my mom was like, well we'll we'll take it back and exchange it for something else. Poor my poor naive mother. And we go back to the store and they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. Once it's been opened, we can't take it back. So I'm stuck with legendary wings and an eternal hatred for that game. That's like. It's much more hatred than it should be because the game's not actually bad. It's just not the type of game I like. But that is that seriously. If if somebody's like, "What's your least favorite video game?" That's it. Because as a kid, losing your fifty bucks is yeah, that's huge, horrifying. Yeah, we had a similar story, but a better ending to it. Uh, we had <laughs> bought my brother and I had thrown in together and put our money together to get the the Terminator uh, Nintendo NES game. And it was it was just god awful. It was horrible. Same thing. We took it home. Was so excited, started playing it, and we both hated it instantly. And uh, tried to take it back. Um, and then you know they they asked you know why why are you bringing it back? So because it's terrible. It's an awful game. <laughs> uh, and uh, they had to explain. Well, you know we can't just take it back just because you didn't like it. But the I think the person uh, felt pity for us and basically said, all right, I'll do it this one time, but just know in the future. You can't take games back, and so they let us. Oh, I really nice. wish I remember what we got instead, but it had to have been better because nothing could have been worse than that Terminator game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of how we learned uh, for the first time. But uh, more of the we'll do it this time, but not 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 next time. Uh, I'm trying. It's to totally the reason I had several copies of Super Mario Three. Like I think I talked about it so much, and for some reason my grandparents and my parents just didn't talk about what they got me. So I just ended up with a couple of copies of Super Mario 3. I remember they were always in my little box. <laughs> nice. I'm trying to think of other like promotions and things that they did over the years. But, I mean, in all honesty, they were a big, giant toy store, and I don't think there was a whole lot they had to do. Well, uh, the biggest what was the one, game the Nickelodeon show. Toy Run. Yeah, the, oh, my that gosh. Was, yeah, that was yeah. Toys Us, right? Yeah, that was like the dream. You got how? I can't remember how long was it? Like, was it five? How yeah. long? Yeah, it was a few minutes. I don't remember exactly. How it was. Much, it, it was like three to five minutes. I think. You know what? Actually, I've because I've read about this a little bit online because there's uh, somebody who actually did one of the toy runs wrote a post about it, and I, I wish I could yeah. remember where I saw it. I think Dinosaur I, Dracula. Yeah, I think I read the same story. It was XE Entertainment or whatever it was before. Was it him? or did, Yeah, yeah it, was, I, I, it was at least through him that I read the yeah. story. And I think the first year they did the toy run, 
that it was five minutes, and then they realized like that was a really long time to be able to <laughs> put toys in a basket, <laughs> and that they were really generous about it too. Like it wasn't just a basket; like they would have employees lined up, ready to hand you another cart when you filled up one cart. Like apparently they were really cool about the way they did it, and I guess that's more on Nickelodeon because they're paying for everything. But uh, yeah, that was a huge deal. And it, uh, okay, so you guys like me I thought like there's a chance I could win this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just thought I'd walk in one day and they just say, "Hey, right, you want to do it?" <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say not like I thought there was a chance I was gonna win it. I was going to win it. Yeah. Like I mean, I had a plan. It was I gonna be part of your life at out. some point. Yeah. yeah, to the point, you're right, yeah, you're right. When you The point where you would walk into Toys R Us and you'd be like, okay. I'd go here first. Yes. This is what I'm hitting yeah. next. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, which, which what brilliant marketing is that, you know? Yeah. I was going to clean that video game section out. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's when they would show it on, because uh, I think, uh, what's his name, Mark? Mark Summers, the guy that hosted Double Dare and and is back on the new Double Dare, which is not bad, by the way. Uh, I think he hosted the toy run at least a couple of times. Yeah, I feel that's right. And uh, he like it would show the kid just throwing video games into the cart by the arm load, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Wait, what store is this that has video games just out?" Yeah. But I yeah. guess throwing little pieces of paper in wasn't as exciting. But they would show the uh, they would show the whole toy run every time, and it was just like, holy shit, this is incredible. <laughs> okay, so we found the uh, we found the link. It looks like it was an AV Club article. Uh, okay. If uh, if the listeners want to go look that up, just look up AV Club. Oh shit, you can probably just Google Toys R Us toy run and find it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good article, and the guy that wrote it is very, like, he remembers. I, I don't know if I'd remember all the details that guy remembered if I was trying to I don't know. I think like I would that. remember a lot from that. I think that would have been a seminal moment of my childhood. It I don't know. I huge, could totally but... see, like, going into, like, a blackout of, like, right. bliss and, like, waking up and it's over and I've just got junk all around me. <laughs> right, right. What happened? Yeah, you spend a year planning out your route and what you're going to get, and then the the uh, horn blows and you've completely abandoned everything and go down the wrong aisle and you end yeah. up at the girl section or you, something. You accidentally or, end up with kidding. five carts full of munchy cheese. <laughs> Uh, end up in the diaper section somehow yeah i don't even like barbie why do i have this um i as far as toys r us as a business we knew years ago i think we knew they were in trouble uh do you remember like a decade or so ago when they started trying to raise their prices yeah they were the first to do it, and for a little while, I mean, it was a pretty extreme difference between Walmart and Target and Toys R Us, to the point where, like, I stopped looking there sometimes. Yeah, the same they, here. I, I want to okay. say it was several dollars on, on let's let's say Marvel Legends, since all three yeah, of us. I think everywhere else it was like fifteen, and uh, Toys R Us was like seventeen, eighteen. So you know, yeah, yep. three yeah, or four yeah. bucks on a fifteen dollar toy. I mean, it certainly added up. And and it was like that with like Star Wars vehicles that were twenty five dollars somewhere else would be thirty in Toys R Us. Like it was it was a, a big difference. And yeah, like you said, I I just wouldn't go there. Yeah, and their selection. I mean, 
once Walmart, it seems like Walmart and Target started really filling their aisles a little more. I don't know what the difference was, but it seemed like all of a sudden I found more at Walmart and Target versus Toys R Us. For for years now, I have in general found new stuff at Target. Yep. Uh, much more than I find it at Toys R Us. As a matter of fact, Toys R Us, and I hate to say this because we're 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 trying to pay tribute here, but also we've got to kind of take a look at why they're not around anymore. Uh, you know, I'll I'll say this for the last three four years, uh, I just never expected to find anything new at Toys R Us. Like we we went there because of the novelty of a toy store, but I kind of knew that wasn't going to be the place. You know, with a few exceptions, every once in a while they'd get a wave of Marvel Legends first or or something yep. else. But in general, I knew I just wasn't going to find the newest thing there. Uh, they yeah. would get, like when Madball, when these new Madballs came out, uh, they, hit to- they hit Target first. That was the first place we found them. And it was at least three months before they even showed up at Toys R Us. And I mean, this is, this is the toy store. This is, that's their business. Like, they should have anything. They should have it first, and I feel like their distribution was just a problem these last yeah. few years. Yeah, I think the worst for me. I mean, not to be negative on, on a kicking it while they're down, but uh, well, but we, I mean, we have wave. to look at it, you know. Yeah, it was a, the Marvel Legends Jubilee wave, where it was a Toys R Us oh, exclusive. Yeah, and I showed up, and then you know, there's like six figures that you needed to build Jubilee. They had two of them, and they had probably sixty of each of the two. And none of the rest of them. And so, I mean, it was just an entire section of these. I think it was, what, it was Strife and maybe one other one. I, I can't remember. But, you know, so like 50 each or more and none of the rest of the wave. And I never saw the rest of the wave. So to they this canceled, day, I, I never got it. They canceled people's pre-orders on that and would send them. Like, I got lucky and got the whole wave shipped to me. But, like, people that had ordered it, pre-ordered it from Toys R Us. Toys R Us sent them, like, the Strife and maybe the Storm was the one everybody else got. Yeah, and then yeah. You, they just didn't send people the rest of the wave. Like, I don't know how I got lucky and they gave it all to me, but... They had... There were a few years where they just couldn't get their shit together on their website. Do you, yeah. do you remember when you would go and, like... Let's say you're searching for Wolverine, and it would pull up like Matchbox cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, like it didn't even work right. And then you'd go and you know if you actually did find something you wanted, you'd go put it in the cart and try to check out, and then it would just fail. Like their their website was just a a shit fest for longer than it should have been. Mm-hmm. It's only in the last two or three years that they got it together on their website at all and and at that point i mean honestly it was probably too late yeah well it's interesting the stuff they kind of tried for collectors at the end you know they increased it seems like the amount of exclusive like marvel Legends stuff there was star wars black and then they tried at the very end to do that like extended collector's aisle with all the naka and then they by the end had those display cases with yeah. like some of the band the bandai and all that stuff yeah yeah that um, was um and it's funny because the gwinnett place store got the display case that had the like figure arts and metacom figures in it or whatever mm-hmm. 
and they never had any of the figures because <laughs> I would go, I would go in and talk to uh, the the guy that I knew in there, and I'd be like, "Hey, where's this is really cool? It's cool that you guys are trying something different here, but where's the merchandise?" And he's like, eh, "We don't have it yet." <laughs> <laughs> so the one here got it. And so they put the case up and they put the figures in it, but it was like, first of all, it was like a cheap looking like box display, and then it had like two Dragon Ball Z uh, Bandai figures, like, and then some other stuff that I have no idea what it was. And those same like six figures sat in that case for the entire time it was there. Like, yeah, yeah. They didn't move like, and Ours... some of the stuff underneath they would put it underneath, and so like some of the superhero Bandai big art stuff was there. But it was it was not a good plan. It didn't work. It well, uh, the one in mind, the display case had uh, figure arts, Dark Knight, Batman, a Sailor Moon figure, a Dragon Ball Z figure, and something else. I don't remember. I don't know what the other thing was. But the space under it all pops. Oh, pops. <laughs> um. And yeah, the Toys R Us did get a little better with the exclusives. Uh, the, the, did you did you know this? All of the NECA stuff was on consignment. No, I didn't. They didn't carry it like regular product. Um, it was all NECA shipped it to them, and it was you know as it was sold, they figured out how much they made and paid NACA and, and whatever didn't sell, I guess got sent back to them or whatever. I don't know, but it wasn't, it wasn't normal product, which is why when you went and looked at that section, sometimes it would go like two months with nothing new. They had a representative that would come and do that section and they didn't come every week. So there would be boxes of stuff just sitting in the back that didn't get put out. And that's the guy that I got friendly with, towards the end at the Gwinnett Place one, he'd go back and look in those boxes. That's how I got the Christopher Reeve Superman. Because that, that I mean, I've never even seen that in a store, like just for sale. Yeah, I got mine online, I think. I don't remember where I got uh, picked mine up. But he, he walked out and he's like, yeah, we've got a case of them. They just, they've been sitting here for like six weeks and the NACA rep hasn't come through. Yeah, that's why I never saw that Superman Muhammad Ali set. I've seen that a either. few times. I mean, it looked great, but I just, eh. I'm disappointed the uh, the Alien and Predator set just got canceled. Hmm. Um, well, and a big problem with Toys R Us, too, is, like, they would not clearance anything. anything. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, we joke around about, you know, Constable Zuvio. <laughs> <laughs> from the force awakens he had but, to be the last know, man standing in that store like every I'll single toys r us there the last week it was open and he was still there i believe <laughs> I it like hold it strong constable <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's not going anywhere i guarantee there's still like a billion constable zuvio figures out in the world and then when he shows up and is the turning point in the next Star Wars movie, everybody's going to be like, shit, I should have bought him. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen either. Yeah, he's going to be like a landfill like E.T. It's going to be a legendary story about how they, they, somewhere <laughs> in the desert there's like a million of them buried. <laughs> Zuvio landfill, that's great. What, over the years, uh, 
with Toys R Us, what are some of the, like, just walking in, are there specific displays or sections of toys or whatever that you remember? Because, like, one that sticks out in my mind, for whatever reason, I remember the, the 1985 Power of the... Shit. Power of the Jedi was the one with the coins back then, right? Yes. I can't ever remember which one was Power of the Force and which one was Power of the Jedi. Power of the Force was the greenback. That was 90. the 1995, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the yeah. Power... Um, Power of the Jedi with the coin. I remember those being out with a ton of Ewok villages and the Ewok catapult. Uh, I can picture in my head the like two foot section of Rambo figures. Do you guys remember those? Oh, I loved that. Like that playset, the tower oh, yeah, thing. Dude, was that was like incredible. a centerpiece of my toy playing. And those figures were great, too, because they were uh-huh. six-inch, but they had almost as good an articulation as G.I. Joe, but they came with a shit ton of, like, really great-looking weapons. Yep. Like, yeah, I played with those a lot. Yeah, Rambo came with, like, a rocket launcher and, like, two machine guns, one small gun. They had holsters. They had places to store all the weapons. Like, it was a great line, but I specifically remember the first time I saw, like, the Rambo figures and feeling like... Because G.I. Joe was my, like, that was it. That's the one for me. But I remember seeing the Rambo toys and being like, oh, hello, Rambo. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, do you have... I remember a display with Snake Mountain they had when Snake Mountain first came out. Oh, was it just like a wall of Snake Mountains? Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) Man, think about if you go, and, and for the listeners too, if you guys go online and just Google, like, Toys R Us any given year, 1984, 1987, whatever. If you go in Google Pictures, you will see aisles that are like eight feet of just Snake Mountain and then 16 feet of He-Man figures. And it's crazy the volume of these toys back then. Like, it it wasn't an aisle of action figures. It was an aisle of G.I. Joe. Do you guys remember it that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember G.I. Joe taking up a whole, like, huge thing. Yeah, they didn't have, like, you know, now, and, and really probably for the last 20 years, if there's a vehicle that you wanted, like, a, let's say a Star Wars vehicle. Let's say there's a new X-Wing. Well, it comes in a case with two other vehicles, and when you go to the store, there's, like, a total of eight vehicles of that size, and two of them are the x wing but back then, there would be, like, 20 of whatever it was. Like, just that one vehicle. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, the action figure aisle. It was the G.I. Joe aisle. Yeah. And the uh, He-Man aisle. It, it would be, it was like... the entire wall or entire aisle was nothing but. There, was, there would be the G.I. Joe aisle, the Masters of the Universe aisle, the Star Wars aisle. And then there would be an aisle that had, like, Mad Balls and... Uh, muscle and whatever you know whatever else like there would be the one aisle that had the smaller lines that weren't necessarily related to a comic book or a cartoon or whatever well okay that's not true everything was related to a comic book or a cartoon but you know what i mean the stuff that wasn't as big transformers had a whole aisle think about think of try try and remember the first time you saw 
Optimus Prime in a store. It was like six feet floor-to-ceiling Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, I found one. I was trying to think back then if I ever had a problem finding anything. Like, if there was ever a toy that I wanted that I couldn't go to Toys R Us and find. I remember it taking... I think Storm Shadow. I think it took me a while to find Storm Shadow. Dude, the I remember the the second version of Storm Shadow was one of the first... The one with the hood and the, uh-huh. like, white and gray camo. Uh-huh. With the Arashikage tattoo visible. Uh-huh. I remember that being one of the first, like, figures I had to hunt for. Like, somehow or other, I knew it existed, and it just took me forever to find it. The original Storm Shadow, I don't know that I remember having that experience with. Although, what a great figure. Speaking of accessories, how much shit that guy came with for the time. Mm -hmm. The backpack that opened up, the two swords, the bow. um, I mean, that was... He he was impressive for the day. Jay, do you remember any like when you were a kid, any stuff that you particularly like had to look for, or had to spend time looking for? I, 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 that's what I was trying to think of. If there was any, I, I don't really remember. Um, it seemed like you know I, I was always you know happy with whatever I found there. I bet I don't remember there being like a certain certain toy that I was hunting hunting for back then. Um, I remember as a kid having a very eclectic mix of stuff. So, you know, it's like the Inhumanoids. Like, I would have, oh. like, two Inhumanoids, but, and that would be it. And it's saying, you know, then a, you know, a few masks and a few, you know. So I had, I had like, a little bit of everything. I don't, I don't remember, you know, being a, a completist like I am, you know, as I got a, a, more of a collector. Um, so I just, I think I was just happy to be there and, was you know there was so much to choose from i always found something yeah i was i mean i started off with star wars i moved to gi joe and then from there i think i went to ninja turtles but yeah there was always other little stuff along the way like i would have a couple of things like i had one centurion um i didn't have any humanoids because my mom didn't like them she wouldn't let me buy them i think she thought they looked like the devil or something (laughs) um and I had yeah I had a few a few things for mask. Uh, I think I bought the green. Remember the green motorcycle that turned into a helicopter? Yep. yep. I had that that I bought myself. Um, but then later on, and this isn't related to Toys R Us, but it's a fantastic story. Uh, one of my friends who got into sports early and like just stopped playing with toys way before any of the rest of us gave me all of his mask toys. Nice. So I got the Boulder Mountain, I got the base, I got the trucks. I dude, I got everything. And my mom was like, "You can't just take this from him." And I was like, "No, he gave it to me." And she called his dad and was like, "Hey, David just came home with all of this stuff. We're going to bring it just back." Make and sure. His, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his dad was like, "No, he doesn't want it. He he's and that's fine. It's out of the house. You just keep it." So I got like, it's like one of the greatest toy moments of my life. I got an entire collection in one shot. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I don't have any of it anymore because because yeah. addicts in Georgia heat do not men- meld well with plastic toys. 
<laughs> any any other Toys R Us stuff that you guys wanted to talk about? I would say, all right, so looking at your collections, what is, like, the one biggest thing you got from Toys R Us? Not the biggest, but, like, the most, like, crazy, I can't believe I have this. Huh. I mean, the big Millennium Falcon is my favorite toy that I own. Uh, I very specifically remember getting it because we were we were going to Wilmington the day of it was because that was released with the Clone Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Remember that went that hit theaters. Oh God, it was bad. But and yes. that and, and yeah, and I saw it in the theater too. And um, me too. But that the day that that release because it wasn't a midnight release; it was just a regular release it might have been the first force friday i'm not sure uh but we were on the way to wilmington and we stopped somewhere like i put i think we had a garmin gps at the time and i looked for toys r us and we stopped at some random ass toys r us on the way up there and they had the big display of all the new toys and i can't remember anything else that came out it was it 2007 i think uh but I remember going in, and they had two of that big Millennium Falcon, and I bought it, and uh, it you know that thing's worth a fucking fortune now. Mm-hmm. And it's how much was it retail when it came out? Because I remember uh, wanting it, but not not pulling the trigger one, on it. I think it was one fifty. I think that's right. I don't think it was two hundred because if it was, I don't think I would have bought it. Uh, but then they did a re-release of it a couple of years later, and it was like. 300 or some shit like it was crazy uh but i believe it was 150 when it came out was uh, that the year before or after the um the ad at that was before the ad at that was the the millennium falcon was the first big collector oriented vehicle playset thing that they made um in the in the modern era and then they did the ad at two or three years after that and the ad at's absolutely fantastic as well yeah, I've got that. I like that a lot. Um, I think of a few years before that, they they had an X-wing that they did that I got that was more of a truer scale than some of the others. So it was it was a lot longer. Yeah, they did three of those. Um, so I remember getting that at Toys R Us. They did Biggs, Wedge, and Luke, and then they never finished Rogue Squadron because shit went downhill shortly. I think Biggs was the last one that came out. And it was shortly after that that they started doing, like, the smaller, cheaper vehicles, and they stopped worrying about collectors as much. They switched over to the five points of articulation, uh, three-and-three-quarter-inch figures. Um, trying to, oh, I'll, you know what? I'll tell you my favorite thing that was, like, an exclusive Toys R Us thing. Uh, in 1985, six or seven, it had to be five. I think it was 1985. Uh, there was a GI Joe set. I think it was called Special Mission, Special Mission Brazil, and it came with a cassette tape that was an audio adventure of GI Joe. And it was if you go to yojo.com, you can find it and you can actually download the audio from it. Uh, but it came with repainted versions of Dial Tone. Um, mainframe and one or two other figures 
but it was this weird thing that my mom just brought home one day and i was like what is this and it's just a little box set and if you look it up online if you look up gi joe mission brazil uh if you google that you'll you'll find it it was this really cool set it was i think it was one of the first exclusives i ever had because for some reason uh do you remember how sears would have exclusives they would have like repaints of the hiss tank and stuff like that Uh uh-huh um i never had any of those so this was like one of the first exclusive things that i had and i loved that and it it was from toys r us what about you ryan is there anything what's your big i think probably the biggest thing i have in my collection from toys r us is that whole marvel legend thing thing foom wave and like oh that's a then that's got a story to it too I very distinctly like remember walking into the Toys R Us and seeing them on the shelves, and it was like we talked about earlier. It's right when they jack prices, yeah, yeah, and they were they were seventeen ninety nine, oh. and like I looked at them and I looked at them and I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't afford to do this for seventeen ninety nine. And then, of course, I caved because I'm a weak collector. <laughs> so, you know, I bought them all, and really, the figures in the wave aren't that great. Like, yeah, I got this She-Hulk because that was the wave. That was the first time I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not." That was the first Marvel Legends I didn't buy. I was See, like, I'm that, not doing it. That was me too. That was the first time I dipped out. I was like, I can't. I think, I think the regular retail for that wave was like 15 bucks, and I think yeah. it went from 10 to 15. I think you're right because that was a big jump. I think it went from nine ninety nine to you know, fourteen bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was I. I was like, I can't do it. That's crazy. Yeah, so I bit and did it, and man, I'll be damned if those figures aren't worth hundreds of dollars each now. Oh, I'm like, sure because they were. T- I mean, in addition to being expensive, they were hard to find. Yeah, I think I saw one of the figures carded at Dragon Con this year for four hundred dollars. I don't know like, that I, I. don't know that I ever saw them at retail. I saw him I saw once, him and I, I, I got the She-Hulk, and I think that was it uh, out of that whole wave. Yeah. So, yeah, I, looking back on it, I kick at myself I should have gotten it. But. Yeah, and you better believe, like, every once in a while I'll be on a forum or something, and somebody will be talking about it, and I'll be like, oh, you mean this? And snap a picture of it and be like, ha-ha, yes, I own Fink Fang Foom. <laughs> See, and in your face, nerds. That's yep. the only thing I would want is the Fin Fang Foom. That was the build oh, yeah. a figure. I, the rest, oh, yeah. I didn't care about any of the figures except maybe was the Samson any good? He's all right, you know. He's pretty standard for that era. Oh uh, well, so so he's got like great. jointed toes and and his neck doesn't match his face. Yeah, and he's like, a, <laughs> I'm trying to find him. Oh, there he is. Uh, oh, he doesn't have jointed toes. You know, oh, nice. he almost looks like a decent the universe multiverse figure oh weird it's not bad he kind of sticks out a little bit huh so yeah, that was... to uh to wrap it up because we've we do have to wrap it up because we've got a lot more content to get to actually we've got a lot of a lot of uh regulars have sent in memories of their own that we're going to share here uh but i want to make sure the three of us since since we to an extent kind of experienced toys r us together for years and years uh, and actually, I just remembered this. Okay. Uh, you guys, do you guys know Bobby? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I bought, because one of the big things that I got into was basically everything that McFarland Toys put out for a few years. I was buying all of it. Even if it was stuff that I didn't necessarily care about, I just got sucked up into McFarland Toys. 
and they did a line of robots. They were like robot animals. I remember that. I can't remember what they were called, but they—I mean—it was cool. They were cool toys. Uh, aside, like most of McFarland's product, they're really cool, except for the fact that they fall apart if you touch them. Uh, but I bought one of them, and I'm trying to actually remember if it was a robot animal or if it was some other random robot. But anyway, I got it, and once I got it out of the box, it just looked like shit. I didn't—I didn't like it. And uh, Bobby was over at the apartment, and he was like, well, take it back. And I was like, well, I opened it up. Going back to my Legendary Wings experience of once something is open, you cannot return it. And he picked it up and yanked the arm off, and he was like, there you go, it's broken. Take it back. (laughs) (laughs) So So I put it back in the package, took it back with the receipt, and I was like, hey, this this broke as soon as I took it. And this is going to sound crazy because I was probably – Shit, 20, 21, 22 years old when this happened, but I just really hadn't returned a bunch of stuff. Because until that point in my life, I hadn't dealt with anything as shitty as McFarlane toys. <laughs> uh, but I took it back, and, and the guy was like, well, do you want to get another one? And I was like, I don't know. It broke pretty easily uh, you know, as, as soon as it got out. And he was like, whatever, here's your store credit. And gave me Jeffrey Bucks, now that I think about it. And uh, so I, I, right there, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can return things. <laughs> now, I obviously never got into the habit of switching parts out and returning them. Ugh. It's amazing to me that we have, like, Walmart, that doesn't surprise me, to go in and see, like, a box for a brand new Deadpool that has, like, a Batman from 1987 in it. <laughs> the random piece of plastic where the build a figure should be yeah, right it's, right it's not even a toy it's just like some it's like some, a pvc valve right but it's like a piece of an ikea furniture that was left <laughs> right. over it's a it's an allen wrench but uh to see that in toys r us always shocked me i was like come on yeah. you guys should know better <laughs> so final thoughts on toys r us you know, it's going to be different. I Last week, I was doing my normal, you know, like we said earlier, like every toy collector has, for the most part, a pretty set, like, path they go on. Yeah, yeah. When you go from store to store. And in Columbus, the three, you know, the Target, Walmart, Toys R Us are all basically in a triangle. Um, and they're real close to each other. And so the other, last week, I caught myself driving from the Walmart, and I almost turned into the Toys R Us parking lot before uh. I remembered, like... Oh, yeah, I can't do this anymore. So it's going to be like a weird, like, it's not there anymore. And it's kind of sad. Yeah, and it's sad, too, because I don't think there will ever be anything that size and scope of it. Because uh, I think, you know, there's just not going to be something that large of a store with nothing but toys. Well, here's what, um, well, real quick, so where are you guys finding? Because what I'm discovering uh, you know, like I said, Target has kind of been my place for a while now. I hate Walmart, but they get exclusives. Sometimes you need stuff at 5 o'clock in the morning. You don't have options. Uh, but then also ThinkGeek has really been expanding their toy section lately. Uh, ThinkGeek slash GameStop. Yeah, GameStop has kind of been coming up lately. I've well, been they're able the to same, find stuff. They're the same company now. Oh, is that why? And that's uh, GameStop. You know, they got to figure something out because you know gamers go are going digital. 
mm-hmm. and and used games very soon are just not going to be a thing anymore. Uh, and that's ThinkGeek and GameStop. I don't know who bought who, but they're the same company. Uh, and that's why every once in a while you go into GameStop that's like half collectibles and toys. All right, so great. So I just went on GameStop's website while we're sitting here talking. They've already got the Venom Wave up. Like, you can buy it right now. That's mm. uh, that's actually when I bought those Spider-Man figures from the one in Wilmington. He said, and, and the fact that he knew this kind of gives me hope that there is a, a retail future for toys. He said, you can go online right now and pre-order. There's a Venom Wave and a Deadpool Wave coming out. Um, and you can go to our website and pre-order them right now. And the fact that he had that knowledge, that he was able to relate what I was looking at to what I might want, like mm-hmm. that's where retail has to get to survive. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, GameStop, they'll order for you too. I yeah. learned that. You can go ask them, and they have like some hard-to-find like chase figures in their system. And they'll say, yep, come pick it up on this date, and they'll yeah. call you, and there it is. Yeah, so they're they're in a really good spot if they can if they can be very smart about what they order and how much of it they order and about mm-hmm. and about tailoring to their customers. Uh I think there's hope there. So I'm I'm excited about that and then there's Walgreens which has oddly enough become a stop on my toy runs now. Hey, yep. I've got to go to the I got to go to the pharmacy to look for the new Fantastic Four figure. I always feel so sketchy doing it at Walgreens too, because like I walk in, walk to the tour aisle, and then turn around and walk right back out. And so like it constantly goes through my head like I bet the Walgreens people think I'm doing something sketchy. Yeah, they like, think I'm doing shoplifting to make meth. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the same thing every time I go in to look around. I'm like, because you know, nine times out of ten when you go into Walgreens, they don't have what you're looking for but the other side of that is you will find it yeah there there has not been a walgreens exclusive yet that i have not seen have there been any that you guys like haven't seen in a store i've been pretty lucky i've been able to get everything with the um have the two new fantastic four figures come out i know Reed and Sue, and I guess Human Torch. So what's left? Thing, uh, Thing, and Silver Surfer are Thing, on Thing the is way. Shipping right now. Yeah, like, that's because they people are all, starting to find it. All of the Walgreens stores did a reset after Fourth of July, and now it's just a matter of time as to how long. Because if you if you go into a Walgreens right now, you'll notice that they're all of the Marvel Legends that have been clogging their shelf forever are gone. They have like that, ten or twelve left, but they, they've I been think cleared out. The only hard one at Walgreens to find was that white Boba Fett, and that was really? like their first one of their first exclusives. Yeah, it was, and I, ordered, I got that no problem. First time I checked, I walked in and they had like five of them. I never saw one in the store, but I ordered it from their website and and got it that way. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to think, who else? So, so there's. Think Geek and GameStop are doing well. Walgreens is doing well. Um, Amazon, obviously, for online stuff. Yeah, I Amazon stuff is. That way. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and complain about Amazon because, quite frankly, if ten years from now Amazon and Disney are running the world, I think that'll be fine. Uh, as long as I don't have to leave the house, no problem here. <laughs> uh, 
I guess that is, but as far as brick and mortar, I think that's kind of it right now. Oh, no, here's the other thing that I've heard. Uh, Party City. You know how really? they do, you know how they do their Halloween stores, their pop-up Halloween stores? Uh-huh. Uh, they are this year going to do pop-up toy stores called Toy City. And uh, those, they'll be just like their Halloween stores. And then additionally, KB Toys, have you guys been reading about this at all? No, not at all. KB Toys uh, is supposedly going to be doing the same thing, only their business plan is they're going to do, I want to say it was 120 pop-up stores in America. They'll see how sales go through the holiday season. Like, they'll open in September and stay open through, you know, the first week of January or whatever. And then based on sales, they will keep 75 of those stores open year-round. Wow. I, I, if, if I'm remembering correctly, that's what I've read. And again, Google is your friend. And this information may have changed since I read it anyway. But that that has been supposedly the business plan uh, that they have. So... Toy options are out there. There's still places we can go, but it also still sucks that the greatest toy store there is is no more. Not in America, anyway. It's still in Canada. Uh, apparently, there there's something going on in Europe. But uh, for all intents and purposes, for for those of us here in the states, Toys R Us is done. Sad. Womp womp womp. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> what a terrible sentiment to have. Oh, well. But, I mean, I can't – you know, it's a bummer, but I can't feel too bad because they did it to themselves. I mean, they've had – if we and we won't sit here and go over every single one of them, but think about all the stuff we've complained about with Toys R Us over the years. I mean, they, they haven't done – they – it's sad, but they had it coming. Yep. Yep. They should have known. But. Yeah. Though I'm sure they did know. They were just trying to, to put it off for as long as they could. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, and you know, we didn't really get into this very much. But, I mean, a lot of it, too, is kids just don't play with toys like that anymore. No. No. It's. Like, I mean, it's video games now. Yeah. You know, everybody was so quick to blame Amazon and to blame this and blame that. But, I mean, I think the root, even if that was the big cause right now, it was always going to end. Like, it just wasn't sustainable with how kids play now. Which, well, and uh, you know what? Who I blame more than Amazon is I blame Walmart. Yeah. Um, Walmart has become the biggest retailer in America, maybe the biggest retailer in the world. I'm not even sure, but they control. They essentially control the toy companies because they're they're the source for toy sales. Which means if something doesn't sell at Walmart. It's dead, and they only devote so much space to everything. You you go into Walmart, and it's one aisle of toys, or of action figures, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's it, and you can't sustain an entire business, the toy business, with one aisle at a retailer that's aimed at the lowest common denominator. Uh, I I blame Walmart more than than anyone just for shrinking the the toy biz to toy industry in general uh, over the years. Yeah, and and they're terrible at stocking. They're terrible at distribution. 
Um, yeah, they had money issues too. That the part of the, a bit that was a big part of it was they were in debt and um, kind of they got they screwed themselves ten years ago and that they're paying for it now. Yeah, when they got bought out by uh, whatever company it was that bought them out, and and essentially was just trying to make as like squeeze as much money out of them as they could without really trying to make any forward thinking business decisions. I mean, there, there were a lot of factors to it. All right. Well, guys, uh, barring any final thoughts, I think we've, we've said as much as we can say about Toys R Us right now. Would you, uh, would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah, I'm good. And we will hand it over uh, to the Needless Things Irregulars, the fans, and the Phantomaniacs to share their Toys R Us memories. Thanks a lot, you guys. They got a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got the best for so much less. You'll really flip your lid. Found bikes, two trains, two video games. It's the biggest toy store there is. Gee whiz. I don't want to grow up, because maybe if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. Once a Toys R Us kid, always a Toys R Us kid. So, Toys R Us. Well, say, say who you are. Hey, this is Arian, at such a lazy man on your social medias. I have a Twitter account that I don't ever do anything with, and an Instagram that's mostly cute animals, uh, with occasional food, because I'm that guy. Uh, I haven't been in a Toys R Us since I was a child, and I'm a 40-year-old man now. I have really no, you know, emotions invested in all this. I don't like things. That's my Toys R Us story. Oh, Arian, you beautiful, cranky badger. Don't you ever change your ways. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, it certainly was a, a labor of love, although that's kind of silly to say because every single episode I make obviously is uh, for 222 episodes now. More than that, actually, because they're the Halloween episodes that I did for ESO that... Someday I need to pull over here uh, so they're specifically for for us, because I'm sure you guys haven't heard them, uh, or, or a lot of you guys haven't heard them. Uh, Toys R Us, it, it's done, but there is hope, as we discussed uh, at the end with Ryan and Jay. You know, there, there are other retailers stepping up, there are other possibilities, but there will never again be something as big and as special as Toys R Us, and that's just how it is, and it's unfortunate. Uh, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you if you contributed to this episode. If you have your own Toys R Us memories to share, uh, you can join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group and just start up a post in there. Don't be shy. Uh, as long as you're not trying to get political, and as long as you're not being a jerk to someone else, uh, we welcome posts from anyone about anything dorkery-related. Uh, toys, movies, music. You, you know what we do. You listen to the intro. You know how it goes. I want to thank Lasexaflex for providing our music that you are listening to right now. I want to thank The Mystery Men for providing the interstitial music you usually hear. I want to thank YouTube for having tons of Toys R Us commercials for me to get all misty and weepy over. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to those uh, during this episode. And finally, I want to thank the Needless Things Irregulars. Uh, I love you guys. 
Yeah, one thing I I didn't bring up that I thought about, one of my favorite things about that Revenge of the Sith uh, thing was I remember being really drunk. Um, Surprise, surprise. We're all, (laughs) you know, together in midnight. And somehow, I think it started while we were in line. We were like, Fuck those car, uh, non-opening uh, collectors. You don't. You're not a real collector unless you open. So going through and then just bending, like, oh, yeah. like taking, oh, just bending oh. stuff in half. Any of the card backs, yeah, in half, and then put it back on the shelf in half. Oh, <laughs> I forgot we did that. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's such a dick move. But but you know what? To this hilarious. To this day, though. I I support that a hundred percent. Fuck, and the thing is, like, I feel like in this day and age, the, now back then, I don't know, that was what two thousand five. That, that you know, two thousand five, anybody that was leaving them in the box was a speculator. Yeah, well, that's kind of what we were thinking. Yeah, it? fuck those guys. Right. Fuck scalpers forever. Yeah, because that, that was the worst, because you'd see someone that just, like, you were looking for a certain toy, and then someone would come in and wipe out entire store, and then instantly go on go to... Oh. Uh, hey, did you guys ever run in? Yeah, did I was going to say, I will never forget, back when I was collecting that Simpsons line. Oh, jeez. The really big one. I mean, I have hundreds of them still. Yeah, you had, like, almost all of them. Oh, do you still yeah. have them? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Oh, I have Springfield. I have all the display cases. I have, oh, God, I have hundreds of them. Oh but gosh. this guy, I was in Toys R Us on Pleasant Hill, and he had three of that exclusive Kodos and Kang. Mm, yeah, yeah. And he was going to sell them. And I was, like, talking to him, and I was like, come on, man. Like, you took them all. Can I just get one? Like, I collect these and open them. And he was like, no, absolutely not. I'm going to sell these for whatever, whatever on eBay. And I was like, man, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, that's fuck those guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.